Hey, welcome to episode 80 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. My name's Tony. This week we have the Karen Berger of UK Indie Press, the editor of the upcoming ACP anthology. Yes, it's only Sarah Harris. I'm really, really excited to be called the <laughs> the Karen Berger of anything. <laughs> I thought you'd like I love that. Her. Yeah. Yeah. She's cool, Thank isn't she? You. She was very nice to me when I was a teenager and stopped me leaving comics forever, her and Alan Moore, when I met them on the stairs. But, oh. Uh, yeah, after an awful interaction with Chris Claremont, I walked around thinking, I hate this, and walked oh. straight into her and Alan Moore, and they're both really nice to me. So there you go. There you go. They restored your faith in. They did. In- comics human nature yeah isn't that wonderful that's very good isn't it she Any... was very grumpy when i met her at thought bubble but not oh, at she? me oh, okay that's well, right yeah like the, all her slides had gone wrong were you in the um oh no how about this books? yeah they they did a um you know a panel and they had like a powerpoint presentation and it just went horribly wrong it's all pixelated you couldn't see anything and she was getting so frustrated and annoyed with it that sort of I went up and spoke to her afterwards and she was clearly still just so wound up about her, yeah. about her PowerPoint going wrong that she she wasn't very chatty. Yeah. I sort of went up and I said, oh, you're amazing. I think you're wonderful. And she's going, yeah, yeah, like, thanks, bye. You should, you should have gone up and go, <laughs> you didn't prepare that very well, did you? <laughs> no, I heard about that. I'm sure it wasn't her fault. Yes, so less important is me, more important is you. So last time we spoke, um, uh, S, we... You said that you'd had trouble reading comics, but you'd managed to overcome that due to the lockdown. At the start of it, you had a bit of trouble diving back in, but you've overcome that now, I think, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that was right at the start, which feels like such a long while ago now, doesn't it? Like March last year. Yeah, for about sort of four or five months, I I really did struggle with, with reading, and I really struggled with everything, really, like just concentrating on anything long enough to to to, to uh, you know sort of I, I couldn't watch tv i couldn't do anything but right. I'm, I'm over that now and good. i am definitely back into the comics in a big way good stuff yeah i noticed that as you keep uh bringing stuff up how are your wellies are they okay yeah they're fine it good. was raining today did you have them on <laughs> no because it was sunny when i went out oh okay good good <laughs> go over that i'll tick that bit off from my list of things to ask you um now the you this is um part of the year celebration of this podcast which i never thought would last year because we're only really dead it for lockdown but look here we still are um we're still in lockdown we're yeah in lockdown forever i know lockdown sounded really cool before didn't it now it's just live stay in your house it always sounded like some yeah. kind of sort of dramatic thing but anyway so i challenged you to read a book i actually did it off air because we forgot last time to <laughs> mention it on air so what did i challenge you to read you challenged me to read Alone by, I presume it's pronounced, Chabouté. Yeah, I've been saying Chabouté, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard different versions of it online, but let's stick with right. Chabouté. And it's Christophe, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I believe I don't know. so. It, just, it, doesn't, it doesn't say a first name anywhere. It doesn't, on does my it? Page. It's a bit like Topple or Cher. They're the two that sprang yeah. to mind immediately. Or Prince or something. Yeah. Well, let's keep going. The uh, um, or Wolf Madonna. is a favourite of yours, yeah, um, or Batman. The so it's alone by um, Christophe Chabouté. It's three hundred and sixty-eight pages. It's not a short book, but I'm sure no. we'll discuss it. It's not a long, long read, is it? No, no, no. But no, it is. It's it, it is a big book. I bought this one and the Park Bench, which I think you're going to mention later. Yeah. Also by him. 
sort of together because I think you you know I think I think you'd recommended them on the awesome comments part and I remember them turning up and being very surprised because I didn't expect to get two whopping great big doorstep books yeah they're like just, bricks aren't they yeah yeah they yeah yeah and took me by surprise. am I right in saying that you hadn't read them? They sort of sat on your shelf without being touched until we suggested this. Yeah, it, yeah. W- yeah. When you said, "Okay, my, I'm you know sort of going to give you this book as your assignment to read," <laughs> I was really pleased because it, you know, gave me the kick up the bum to actually read it. Because yeah, I think I think because they are so big, I bought them and was a, a little bit intimidated by them yeah. and popped them up on the yeah. shelf thinking. I need to wait till I've got a serious chunk of time yeah. to read that because of the size of the books. And then obviously when you think, oh, I'll wait until I've got a chunk of time, you never you never find the chunk of time, do you? So I, I know. Read- we put them on a pedestal, as they say, don't we, sometimes? Mm-hmm. We should just read them or just dive in and put a exactly. bookmark in them. Are you the sort of person to turn a page corner down or? Not in these. They're too, they're too nice. I'm okay. not. If it was like, like a you know, just a paperback novel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Precious. Some people are really precious about all books, aren't they? I'm not. I'm not yeah. that precious. But no, I wouldn't turn the corner down on these because they're too nice. Well, now I'm substantially older than you, but I, I've actually got to the point now where I used to, as a kid, think, "Oh, I need to keep this paperback of Clash of the Titans or something," you know. So I can't yeah. possibly. I've got to be really careful when I read it. I don't want to snap the spine. And now I quite happily double it over, turn the pages down, you know, lick my finger as I turn them down because I think, well, they're not going to be about for more than fifteen more years, are they? Let's face it. You know, and I'm that old. But yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I agree completely. Now, um, mine is uh, by Faber and Faber. There's been a few different Gallery 13, I think, of the people who brought them out in the US. Um, okay. It's obviously a translation of a French book. Um, I think yes. Dargard mostly publish it. Um, but mine's Faber and Faber. Is that the version you've got? I'm assuming so, because there's a little FF in the bottom right-hand corner, so okay. yes. Yeah. Who are not super well-known for making graphic novels over here, but... Obviously, I'm going to say, because he's such a big name in France, they probably had the financial weight behind them to buy them. That's kind of how I'm yes. guessing they came to be. Um, but they're actually a really lovely production. They're the nearest thing to being a hardback, but with a flexible cover, is how I'm going to yes. try and crappily describe it. But um, the cover... But it's got proper end papers, glued yeah. in end papers, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and I, I really like that style of book suddenly. I just sort of really taken to it it's got the the flexibility of a paperback but it's got the the grandeur of a hardback almost isn't it you know yes I, I, you've described that very well thank you very much good <laughs> um on the cover it's described as beautiful one of the most wonderful comics i've read in a long time by your favorite and mine jeff lemire author of essex county go back a few episodes mm-hmm. and into that listen to that episode with Eamon. yeah that's nice that he's uh, and i can see there's a parallel between this and Essex County, isn't there? A little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. You could see you could you can see why he'd like this book, can't yeah, you? Get it? Because it's he could you could imagine him writing this book. Yeah, I, I, I agree totally. Did you want to give us a little summary, Sarah, about what it's about? Don't go mad, but just a little sort of overarching what it's about. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, plot wise, you could probably describe it pretty quickly, despite the fact that there's three hundred odd pages, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, imagine a little fishing boat um, sailing across the choppy sea and seagulls flying around and they see a, a lighthouse and um, the sort of the older fisherman um, sort of you know, gives the, who's a bit grumpy, yeah. gives the younger fisherman some boxes. To There's a great drink. dynamic between those two, isn't there? Oh, I, I like them. Yeah. yeah. 
to to sort of drop off on the little island that the lighthouse is in and then he gets back on the uh on the boat and he thinks that the older one's like smuggling drugs because he doesn't think there's anybody in the lighthouse but then he explains no there is a guy in the lighthouse he's lived there all his life he's never been off that little island uh, you know he's born on the lighthouse and his parents have now passed away and i promised his dad basically that i would keep delivering him you know food and supplies yeah as as, as long as he was alive so that's basically what it's about and then the younger fisherman sort of like gets a bit you know is fascinated by the idea of this 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 person who lives in the lighthouse who's never yeah. seen the outside world as it were and and that's pretty much how it goes along and then you you learn more about the uh, man who lives in the lighthouse as the book progresses yeah. and let's not should we agree not to spoil the very ending yes i think that's i think that's important it's such a lovely payoff um, yeah I don't. I don't think it deserves to be spoiled. But we'll talk about everything else. I, um, as you, as I think happened to you, it's quite an emotional book, isn't it? It's sad yes. and happy and triumphant, and yes, yeah, it really is emotional, isn't it? Especially the ending that we can't talk about. Yeah, roller coaster of emotions, and like in the you know, just it moves quite slowly for a lot of the book. Oh, but yeah. then you yeah. get to the end, and I was all over the place in about sort of ten pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just give you I'll, the next one will be. I just I'd like to give you books to make you cry, but that's fine. Yeah. The um, so I'm I made a note of this um, because it takes a long time to get started, doesn't it? Yes. Now, listen to this. 18 pages before we see a human being. Yeah. 78 pages before we see only the hand of the um, protagonist. Yeah. 91 pages we see his silhouette. 99 pages we see him from behind and his eyes. And yeah. It, and it's only after 100 pages do you see him. Now, that's someone holding their water in there when they're crying. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a seagull for about the first cha chapter and a half, isn't it? <laughs> it really is, but it's, it's so beautiful. It's yeah. beautifully drawn. I mean, like sort of literally the first thing I wrote down in the little notes here, I've put here. So I spent the first thirty-five pages thinking this is beautifully drawn, but it's very boring because <laughs> 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 it's just a seagull flying around for thirty-five oh, pages. Yeah. It's like oh. God, I want something to happen. Yeah, if you were if you were editing a book, which you are, and we will talk about later, and I have been, is you wouldn't advise them just to do that for the first twenty pages, would you? You know, just a load of seagulls. No, probably you know. not. But it, it works. Work. It totally works. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's so amazing. The... He obviously just loves. I mean, he just loves drawing. He 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 gets into. You know, he'll he'll, do, he'll have a lot of pages where he basically draws the same thing over and over and over again, just slightly changed. And you sort of think, from the artist's point of view, which is himself, yeah, you think he'd get bored yeah. drawing, you know, sort of very tiny increments of action. Yeah, but it the pace of it is wonderful. It, it really, really is. I could. I every it's one of these books that if I pull it off the shelf and look at it, I've got to read it for a couple of minutes. I may not read yeah. the whole thing, but I can't just look at a page. I've got to move on. I just yeah. absolutely love it. The so let's let's drill into a couple of the things in it. I'd just like to say that um you get a series of you know as you do at the start of books a series of white pages. You know other books by Chippo. You know you get the alone credit page and then you get a little quote: "Imagination, the ability to form a mental image or fictional." Or perceived objects or concepts not actually present to the senses. 
the ability to invent, create or concoct. Now, that's a lovely quote because that there's a big theme of that through this, isn't yes. there? Did you want to explain that a little bit? Um, oh, OK. Yeah. Well, you would go straight to what he what he does. OK, well, okay. okay let's hold our water a bit then, shall we, on that? Yeah. So let's let's OK. So did you want to talk a bit about the start of it first, Sarah? Did you? Or... Um, yeah, OK. So um, I, we'll skip past the seagull. Okay, yes, the seagull. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah, it, as you say, it kind of starts with the dynamic between the two fishermen, which is which is really good. They're both a bit sort of sullen looking. They're both a bit grumpy. You've got yeah. a younger one who's new on the boat um, and and then this older fisherman. And the older fisherman basically just yells at him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and you feel really sorry for the younger one like because like he can't do anything right. And it's, I mean, it's nice because that dynamic does kind of resolve in a, you know, in a, in a more, pleasant way by the end yeah, but it yeah it yeah. basically just starts uh with them sort of yeah the younger one very quiet and just sort of trying to do his job and the older one just screaming at him because he's getting everything wrong um but the, the thing it actually makes me it gives me a bit of reading anxiety i hate to refer to anxiety but it does it gives me a bit of sort of um fictional anxiety for the characters involved in the fiction i'm reading or watching because um the story is that he is going to supply supplies, food and, you know, whatever it's going to be to this island the rest of his yes. life. But you suddenly think, well, what if the sailor dies? You yeah. suddenly think that. That's just the first thing occurred to me. This poor geezer is left on the lighthouse. She's literally in the middle of nowhere. There's, you can't see any land from it. Yeah, yeah no, that, that is a good point. I, I, I would hope that he's left a note somewhere for somebody to take over if uh, if yeah. he's in some way incapacitated yeah you would hope so wouldn't you yeah. yeah i mean do you read do you read much i know it's something we talk about a lot on the acp but do you read a lot of um bond SNA translations no 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 not, not at all really um it's it's fairly rare for me um i've read a couple that i'd read the translations kind of annoyed me so the art was lovely yeah, the story was good but i struggled with the actual translations the actual sort of the dialogue and the way you know the sort of the the english that they'd chosen to yeah. use it didn't it, it wasn't very natural sounding so i kind of assumed that they'd been translated by somebody where french was their first language and english was the second yeah language. i think sometimes the reverse is the better which whichever way the book is being translated i think you know yeah, i often think that yeah well, interestingly, yeah. I did a bit of um, research, and I think um, the, this is translation is by Ivanka Harnenberger. Now, apparently, she is quite a freewheeling, big egg, literary agent. Okay. It's quite interesting. Well, she's, I mean, she's done a good job with this, to be fair. Not a lot to work on. Awful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There aren't that many words, so she didn't have to do an awful lot. But yeah. what she has done, like, I think the dialogue between the uh, the sailors works and stuff yeah. i mean sort of some of the the shouty grumpy stuff doesn't sound a hundred percent natural yeah i agree but, yeah but it's it's getting there and i don't really like the big square speech yeah i was gonna ask you about that because that is like... a sign of um, bond SNA, isn't it they don't often they use that almost square with a line to the face don't they i know um you see it in a lot of the blueberry and all this sort of thing um right. it's a different I say dynamic again, but it's a different style of lettering, isn't it, in France? Yeah. Yeah. They're just they're just way too big. 
Yeah. Like there's so much white space around a lot of them, and you, the art's so nice that it annoys me that they're covering more of it than they need to. I suppose. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Okay, I presume so... they used the bubbles that already existed, and maybe the French words were longer, and that's why. Yeah, that. maybe. Yeah, that might be yeah. it, mightn't it? Um, so moving on. Uh, so we've had the sailors, um, and they've dropped a. It's just a box. I, part of my again my story anxiety. Um, had me wondering. There's not a lot in there, is it? It's not a very big box for someone. How often does he get one? Yeah. Well, he's he's fishing, isn't he? So yeah. he's not entirely reliant on what's in the uh, in the box. But weren't, weren't there two boxes? I think you might be right. Actually, yeah. I'm just yeah, I think now. I think there were two boxes, yeah. and I suppose we don't know how often. Yeah. How often dropping stuff off? Um, but yeah. So 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 the younger guy, he's he sees you know that you know the, these these boxes being dropped off and. He gets a bit funny because, as it turns out later on, he's he's been in prison, hasn't he? So yeah. he obviously doesn't. He does. He's trying to, you know, make a go a go of things, go straight, and he obviously doesn't want to get caught up in anything that might get him back in trouble, which is fair enough. Um, so he gets a bit of a cob on with the uh, with the older sailor, and the older sailor's like, you know, what's the matter with you? And he's, well, you're smuggling, aren't you? You're clearly smuggling drugs or something, and you're getting me to drop these boxes off on the island and yeah. he's like oh it's food it's supplies this guy lives in there you know so he, don't even the it. older sailor has never seen him has he no yeah which is no, an interesting never thing seen him. yeah yeah he says that he kind of hides away because um i mean he actually tells the younger sailor then doesn't he that 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 he's got a bit of a deformity the um yeah man who lives in the lighthouse and because of that he keeps himself hidden so he waits till he can see that they've gone before he comes out to get the boxes yeah which we haven't touched on so he has um there's a bit of a sort of the hunchback of notre dame going on yeah a little there, bit I suppose. like that the elephant manny but not quite He's, as extreme yeah but yeah yeah sad and he is um you you find out he's a a simple person but there's a absolute ever ever present sadness isn't there yeah absolutely and he's so lonely all he's got for company is his is his pet goldfish <laughs> yeah i like the way when he does he catch a fish and start eating it at one point and he just gets his book and blocks the view of the goldfish doesn't he, he doesn't... i know so the goldfish can't see him eating the fish he suddenly <laughs> feels really guilty doesn't he <laughs> i must admit i really wondered where he got the goldfish yes i mean how old the goldfish get caught a small fish because he's never been off the island and they wouldn't have delivered him a goldfish in this supply box surely and how long do they live for goldfish i can't imagine it's very long is it oh, a couple of years okay Look at you goldfish expert well i'm just remembering my childhood goldfishes maybe i didn't look after them very well but they didn't live very long <laughs> they didn't live long <laughs> good yes so shall we move on to the um the flights of fancy which are a really interesting highlight of the book and also oh, give the artist the opportunity to spread his wings a bit doesn't he? it doesn't have to strictly be seagulls you know yes. waves yeah does it so did you want to describe what happens there oh absolutely yeah. yeah so it builds up for quite a while before doesn't it because every now and then just as we're you know sort of doing the story about the fisherman and the guy coming out and getting his supplies in and so on, yeah. you, you get a sound effect that goes boom. Yes. And at yeah. first I thought maybe it was the, the waves crashing against the island or yeah. something like that. But, I mean, I wrote in my notes as I was reading it, I was like, what's that boom? 
why does it keep going boom? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, weird, isn't it? It does take you a while yeah. to figure it out, and it's not obvious, yeah. you know. No, no, not at all. Um, and then you finally find out um, that the boom is him picking up a big dictionary yeah. and dropping it on his desk and letting it fall open at you know whatever page it, it falls open at, and that's the boom that we've been hearing you know, for weeks now, because yeah. we've seen a couple of deliveries by this point. Um, and also by this point, um, we've sort of like had a little pan round his his room, haven't we? I yep. mean, obviously, he lives in a tiny little one room and in, in this lighthouse. And we've had a pan round and we've seen that he owns basically virtually nothing. He's got yeah. a pine cone that's washed up on his island and a couple of like little little toys and trinkets and he's got this dictionary and he's got his goldfish bowl with his goldfish in that's and and a fishing rod and that's pretty much all he's got yeah um so yeah so this dictionary is his only book i mean poor man you know stuck on that island he's got nothing he's got no netflix he's got nothing (laughs) yeah imagine the kids of today how they would cope yeah yes like yeah 45 years of the lighthouse lad with a with a with a dictionary for company and then you can complain yeah um so yes so he 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 drops the uh the dictionary boom it falls open and then what he does is he reads one word and its definition (laughs) and then imagines you know that that thing yeah that object or that um concept but because he's never been off the island yeah he doesn't have any touchstones for it, doesn't he? He doesn't, doesn't, can't compare it. No, he doesn't it. imagine yeah. it right. I mean, obviously, he had his parents with him for a while, so they would have seen the outside world. And taught him so to read, obviously, I'm guessing. Yeah. They would have explained to him. And he's got those two little toy soldiers, so at one point the word is battle. And he he imagines that fairly well because he's he's got his two, yeah. like a Roman soldier and a sort of a different type of soldier, hasn't he? And he, he basically sort of replicates an army each of those fighting against each other. Can I, um, um, can I put in one of my favourites of this early yes. on? So one of my favourites is oboe, a woodwind instrument with holes and keys. Yes. And what he imagines is a sort of violin arrangement it looks a yeah, bit like a big like fat wide yeah. but it's in it are loads of holes with like door keys stuck in yeah. <laughs> i know absolutely wonderful yeah and you know I, I mean i actually think he does a pretty good job of imagining a lot yeah. of stuff with, yeah. with nothing really to go on but because it's not an illustrated dictionary he's got no pictures yeah it's all just words and he sort of sits there and he conjures it up. And, and, and there's also that lovely transition as he goes from one word to another. So he went from battle to butterfly, didn't he? Yeah. And so he's imagining the, you know, the yeah. soldiers and then a butterfly sort of flaps in and then his, his focus, his mental focus moves to the butterfly. And the butterfly's drawn almost right, but sort of slightly off, almost like, you know, maybe his mother might have, drawn him a butterfly when he was younger so he almost gets it yeah but it's not quite right and it's oh it's wonderful it's it's a wonderful conceit for the story as you say it gives yeah his artist side another another favorite of mine is podiatry the study of feet not just yes. hu- but he decides it's not just human feet so there's all these people wandering around looking at human feet but also looking at the feet of chairs and yes. stuff like that which is yes. logical i believe yeah, that to be logical you know yeah 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 yeah, no, it's 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 perfect. I I I that was the point at which the book 
totally grabbed me. Okay. Because up until that point, it was, you know, it I, it could be like, you know, it's almost like a little soap opera about you yeah. got the men on a boat and this guy. And, you know, uh, it, but that, I mean, it didn't take, it's not like it goes into the realms of the supernatural. There's nothing supernatural, but it goes into the realms of the, the magical, the, the magic of the mind. Yeah. And that just brought the whole story alive. And it speaks also, to art in a wider sense, doesn't so it? It speaks to it speaks to our ideals of art, you know, that is that require the imagination, don't they? Yes. Yeah. The only and reason comics say, it ties the only... back to the quote. Of the, yeah, of the exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason that comics work is we imagine what happens between the panels, in a way. Yeah. You know, part of it is that. Um, then he does at one point read the definition of the word monster. And that's quite a heartbreaking moment, isn't it? Because he then goes and looks at himself in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. That's the first point at which I cried. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. whilst nobody's seen him for a long time, he's seen people, isn't he? So he's seen the fisherman and he's yes. seen the, um, the the young companion fisherman. He's seen... There's also an incident where a yacht turns up and a, a rich couple or a rich man oh, and his sort of fancy wife are arguing. And she yeah. gets off and sits on the... The, the side of the and it's a really strangely charged moment that isn't it because this is a woman who you know is an attractive woman and he sees her from behind and yeah he he looks her up and down a bit doesn't he yeah he does yeah. Uh, and um and she has obviously no idea that he's there she's just sitting there being all grumpy knowing that her husband will eventually come back and get her and she sits there and puts her suntan cream on and reads a book until her husband comes back yeah he's gonna she? come back he's not gonna leave me here yeah, exactly. she just knows, doesn't she? And he just sits there agog, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, I think that's probably the first woman he's seen up close for a very, very long time. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know if you notice, there's the wedding sort of photograph of his parents, presumably. Yeah. And a lot of the people, when he imagines people, like sort of they look a bit similar to his parents, like facially and stuff, because I suppose they they're they kind of to, his own. They? Yeah, point. he wouldn't understand people of different color or sizes, no. or you know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that monster part really, really upset me. And I kind of the definition, the wording of the definition was sort of quite extreme, and I got a little bit annoyed. And I thought, oh, that's been he's exaggerated that, you know, I just to yeah. I've regged it a bit to make. It, you know, to make it this part of the book as upsetting as possible. But then I went and looked up the Merriam-Webster definition online and it was spot on. Oh, wow. So okay. Just, that, right. that is the definition in the real dictionary ah. because it did seem quite um, emotionally written, didn't it? Worded. Yeah, it did. Um, but no, that that is the uh, that is the definition. So... Yeah. Ma- yeah, I mean, poor, poor, poor man. Sort yeah. of reading that and, and that just like you know, realization or you know, you know, realization yeah. again or you know, yeah, it's um, it's never explained why he looks like that. Um no. And oh, well, no, I won't ruin it because I didn't want to say something there that might ruin the ending. But yeah, yeah, the then we get there's the big moment, isn't there? So the boat has returned again. And the young sailor adds a note, doesn't he, to one of the boxes. And the note said, is there anything special you would like? And it's it's an easy thing to talk about and an easy thing to read. But the implications for that person is this is for decades 
the only communication he's had with anyone. It's incredible. Yeah. Just that one simply, secretly, you know, secreted note that yeah. is asking him, is there anything special you like? And it's the only time anyone's taken any interest in him since his parents went. It is. Yeah. And that made me so angry that the other fishermen had never asked him the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's obviously been deciding what to bring him. Yeah. You know, he hasn't asked him what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Although like, there is an honourable. He never there... brought him even another. Uh, it never slipped another book into the box. Yeah, you know, he's that's obviously true. brought him. He can read. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's brought him. You know, the stuff he needs to stay alive. But that's all. Look at us. Like, the the main thing we're worried about is he hasn't had any books or comics. But yeah, no, I don't get you completely. <laughs> yeah, but the, the... but you think, wouldn't you, that you 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 wouldn't you you're not only feeding his you know basic nutritional needs you should be feeding his yeah because otherwise he's just living like a savage in a cave isn't he really yeah the i do actually think there's an honorable side to the older sailor i think he's doing his duty he's probably a simple guy isn't he and he's just and he says i've never taken a penny you know yeah. and i i kind of they do they do well people are multifaceted aren't they and i think they play that a bit there which is unlike a lot of comics but i kind of I feel for him a bit, but I do agree with you in, in both counts. I think it's both both sides are good. Both sides are relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get the impression he thinks of him as not, you know, sort of a, a fully human being. Yeah. I think he thinks yeah. of him as like sort of, you know, sort of deformed, almost like maybe maybe thinks that he's more mentally um you know sort of subnormal than he yeah. actually is yeah actually, and it's just his appearance yeah you know his, his, his brain is fairly uh is, is fairly intact but i think maybe he thinks that he is just as you i say, don't think mine son. would be yeah. yeah i mean i think i'd be swimming after yeah. about a week yeah. yeah yeah but the so reading on a little bit the he does reply to the note and he writes, yes. is there anything especially you would like? And the sailor comes to pick up some stuff and it's left. this note is left for him. And um, it says, images of the outside world. And you're like, again, you're breaking me again. It's isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he does do that for him, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he gives him a massive, big, fat wadge of photos of just everything. Yeah. Everything you can imagine, doesn't he? Like sort of, you know, sort of Western civilization, but also like exotic animals from all over the world. And yeah, yeah, it's it's wonderful that that like the that goes on for pages and pages and pages, doesn't it? Yeah. All these pictures that he's uh, he's put in a bundle for him, and uh, yeah, that made me really happy. Yeah, it's a beautiful moment, isn't it? It really is. And he sees freeways and cars, and you know the the heads on Easter Island and trains, and yeah, yeah. it's. Oh, it's so good. And by this time, we're kind of reaching the end of the book, actually, aren't we, really? We're we're seeing something happening to this dude. And his life is changing for the better. And it, it becomes a very sort of warming book at that point. And you really, you really want him to do well, don't you? You want him to break through. You want him to be enriched, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk a little bit about the art. It's... Um, like we said, it's black and white. It's um, there's 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 not a huge amount of shading. There's a lot of heavy yeah. inks, though, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. The, the, like in the skies above on the, the light, on the cliffs and stuff everything. as well. Yeah, yeah. it's very yeah. crisp and clean, though, isn't it? It's, it's quite a it's quite a nice edge to it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, very um, 
good draftsmanship, as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beautifully drawn. You can't sort of um, fault any of the drawing at all. But as you say, it's it's pure black and white. It's all been done with, yeah, ink ink and a brush or ink and a pen. And uh, yeah. And he doesn't yeah. skimp on backgrounds, but you've got to appreciate there's not a huge amount of lot of backgrounds when you're just against the sky, aren't you? So yeah. it does. There is a, a sort of um, a widescreen feel to a lot of it. Not everything, you know, when he's up in his little room, but sometimes you j- just opens the eye up, doesn't it? To the lighthouse and the sea and the waves around it, and yeah, just beautiful, just incredible, um, yeah. and eminently readable. There's no point of this where you're not just completely at home. And you're having to make out what's going on in a panel. It's just it just feeds you straight through, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Really, really excellent storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, art wise, this isn't the sort of art that I would normally be drawn to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like fussy stuff, painted stuff, and like sort of. But yeah. it's 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 beautifully done. It's not. I think I I sort of got used to it by yeah sort of. 40 50 pages in and then i i got to really appreciate it the further i went along yeah the way he draws the main character the the, the chappie in the lighthouse um is is really really it's, really it's a weird one done. because it's not experiment i know you're a fan of the experimental you know it's not ex- yeah. experimental but the way it's fed through the sequentialness from start to end is experimental because yeah. of this um very easy going airy decompression it's that's where he's taking the chance for me yeah Yeah, do you know what i mean um yeah it's not like complicated overly rendered visuals but no this this is a book that you know you can see some people who weren't really educated about comics ago well there's nothing happening i've read 100 pages i'm gonna put this down you know but anyone who's read a comic before this will be will be immediately entranced by it because it's it's just got a gentle feel to it that makes it such a pleasurable read, isn't it? I know we we enjoy all sorts of things, don't we? I know you don't particularly enjoy people punching each other. I think you said that recently, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, we enjoy all sorts of things, and there's you know all all different strokes make a world. But this is uh, experimental in that way. I'm trying. I've been trying to think of other books that do it like that, and uh, there's not many out there, are there? No, it's this is unlike anything I've i've ever read i think uh whereas the other one the park bench i think i have read similar things yeah. whereas this one yeah. the i think it's that that whole conceit with the dictionary and stuff which goes on for hundreds of pages you know it's like the <laughs> yeah. whole sort of two middle quarters of the book really is yeah is, is is him going through that dictionary and that yeah this is i can't think of anything else exactly like this although as we said earlier you could almost imagine that somebody like a, a lemire or whatever could produce yeah, something he'd be he'd be he'd be of everyone i can think of he'd be the one i think could carry it off i think the slowness of a book could be carried off by sim but in a different way i think right there would have to be an added weirdness somewhere to it right well, i've never read anything of his haven't you so oh okay oh your birthday's coming up soon so we can find <laughs> the okay now um we're about halfway through the pot. I'm just over halfway. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay on on you my big theory that, okay. that this book is prophetic. It prophesizes okay. the future. I can't remember when it was written. I've got a note of it somewhere. But it was it 2000 something, wasn't it? It was uh, 2012, something like that. I can't remember now. Um, oh, the park bench was 2012. 
Um, right. Okay. Now. There must be a date in here somewhere. Yeah. Well, there isn't. The island with yes. the lighthouse is locked down. Okay. The dictionary. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. So thirteen years ago. The ish. The dictionary is our current media and YouTube which okay. is often completely misunderstood. Yeah. And the man, this lonely man on the island, is us emerging from our houses in May. Oh, okay. And when you think about it that way... Linking into the light. Yeah, there is a bit of that, and we're... we're I'm, I've got a long journey coming up soon, and I... Well, we know, we've known each other for donkey years, but the, you know that I, drive, I used to drive long journeys twice, three yes. times a week, but it's suddenly... A different thing. It's an adventure, almost. Yeah. You know. Everything. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're braver than me, but I don't, I don't know if. I know a lot of people are saying the same. You want to travel again. You want to do this again. But there's also a certain sort of nervousness about it because it's so long since. Like, if I had to get in a car and drive 200 miles tomorrow, I think I'd enjoy it. But maybe I'd feel a little bit nervous because I haven't, yeah. I haven't driven that long in so long. I'd think, oh God, you know, like can I remember how to stay awake at the wheel for that long? Or, yeah. yeah. Or sort of, if I had to get on a plane tomorrow, I'd be excited about the fact I was going somewhere, but I'd also be quite apprehensive about I it. I used to live my life think... in traffic jams. I haven't been in a traffic jam for like 13, 14 months. You know, it's like yeah. it's strange. It's, it's very strange. So we're sort of like simultaneously excited about going back to some previous norms but also a little bit a little bit cautious about it yeah so let's extrapolate our experiences that are about to happen as mm. we sit now in april 2021 to this poor dude who's never been in the company of anyone else other than his parents oh. he doesn't really understand anything about the world he couldn't really tell you what a car looked like and no. he's about to get on a boat and travel to the mainland and, and then try and find somewhere to live, somewhere to earn money, somewhere to get something to eat, somewhere to have a, something, a roof over his head. That's a, that's keeps, a brave man. He thinks people walk around with mushrooms growing it out does. there. Yeah, yeah. Hope he doesn't go to a wedding. But the, <laughs> he, that's a brave dude. That's, that's why I, like, I go, wow, is this what he wants to do? Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, one of his dictionary definitions was talked about sort of uh, captivity, didn't it? And loneliness and stuff like that. And he was sort of slowly piecing together. Yeah. This is not the way to live. Yeah. I, you know, I need to be brave. But yeah, he would have to learn everything from scratch. I mean, he's he's the definition of institutionalized. I mean, in the same unique. way as yeah. we've all been, we've all sort of got weird in lockdown and now we can't cope with leaving our houses I and mean, he you know sort of crowds would terrify him can you imagine the babble of of like but, noise of people you know like lots of people talking at once all around but him would it, and... would it terrorize him or is he an innocent enough to be in a crowd with that noise and feel like we were we were people yeah like it. we'd never heard music and we were in front of an orchestra it's almost yeah. that isn't it you know um, yeah, but it was. I mean, it would have to overwhelm him to an extent. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he has spent years imagining things, and I suppose he's. You know, he. I'm sure he would find it fascinating to see which bits he got right and which bits he got wrong. Yeah, and I, I, I like your analogy to the sort of 
you know, people taking YouTubes out of context and and interpreting things through their limited lens of experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, because that does obviously happen all the time. I mean, it is. I mean, is it? Oh God, it's Maya Angelou or somebody, isn't it? That says that you you see people as you are, not as they are. You see, you know, you interpret everything through your own experiences, which is why two people can have a conversation and especially on text and you can't even see its faces and take completely different yeah. meanings from how most arguments start, isn't it? Because one person means yeah. completely different. And they don't the know other. that you're right, Sarah. That's the thing yeah. generally why people, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You only, you know, you don't know what you don't know and you can only interpret anything that you read, see or hear through, yeah, the lens of your own experience. And he demonstrates that beautifully with all his dictionary imaginings because obviously you know we'll sort of i mean that that one with the mushrooms i, I think the <laughs> definition said something like um you know that they can be a parasite to men, men and animals so he obviously knew what a mushroom looked like again i reckon his mother must have drawn him some pictures when he was younger, oh, he's or eaten one he's been one's been dropped off yeah had something yeah. in the food so yeah but because it said it could be a parasite, he's imagining it literally sort of growing on, on, on your head. And that's a completely logical yeah. assumption from, you know, what he what he knows. You can only extrapolate from what you already know. It reminded and me of that 2000 AD comic where they got mushrooms growing on them. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was convinced because um, there's an episode of Hannibal, the uh, TV show the uh, where there's people with mushrooms growing out of them and i i when i saw that i thought they must have read two thousand <laughs> <laughs> everything comes back yeah um of course it th does. there's also a really interesting element to this that is um it's, it's not i'm not going to say religious but not religious is what like, the element is so this is a this is a book a book about humanism it, you know the old story about you know if you just grew up on an island with your mum and dad would you be religious would you believe in a god and this dude yeah. is this dude is such a clean slate isn't he and which leads into the nature of identity so how how do we sum up our own identity and how does this man sum up his own identity and how much hurt by that hurt by a revelation to other people or enriched by a revelation to other people would that be um it's such an interesting psychological point of view i think yeah. It is because so much of our identities is based around how we want other people to see us. Yeah, and our, and our interactions with the environment, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he obviously hasn't had to worry about that. You know, he hasn't had anybody to. It sounds yeah, to bounce, having just bounce scrolled off. through Twitter. It does sound kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Should we move to Lighthouse? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And the inner, there is an inner life which we all have, isn't there? There's that, and that imagination is his inner inner life. And we all yes. walk about and imagine what it would be like to ride a horse, and you know, or whatever it's going to be, you know. And um, and he, that's his whole life, his imagination. Yeah. That's yeah. all he's got. Yeah. And I'm a little bit. I mean, I'm not jealous of him. He's a he's a sad man. He lives on a lighthouse on his own with one <laughs> book, but. I'm jealous of his ability to visually picture stuff because I'm one of those weird people that doesn't have a visual imagination. I can't see pictures in my head. You just see ones and zeros, don't you? Like the Matrix. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I don't have, yeah, I can't see pictures in my head. It's, I think it's supposed to be something like 50, 50, like, right. and, and 
like half people can i i think in words right i get you yeah i've heard about this before it's interesting isn't it yeah yeah yeah. Um, and and so they reckon that it's about half the population thinks one way and the other and neither can really imagine what it's like for the other half you know Uh, yeah Um, so i couldn't do what he could do i couldn't imagine that battle or the butterflies or the mushrooms i couldn't imagine them visually i could just think about them conceptually okay and he is also um an unlikely hero but a hero nonetheless isn't he yeah he's a brave man i suppose if the if the definition of being a hero is being brave then he is a hero i think yeah yeah Yeah. great stuff that was a great great book i'm glad i'm glad that that got you in the feels as the kids say oh it was it was wonderful absolutely wonderful i i i I wasn't sure where it was going to start with and and i was like okay that's all right you know as i say the first couple of pages i was like okay what's happening here and then i kind of got interested in the dynamic of the fishermen so i'm like okay i'm, I'm on board with this yeah. now you know yeah. all this fun um <laughs> and, and, and stuff but then once that whole visual imagination dictionary thing started i was just absolutely hooked yeah. and he's just such a he's such a lovable character like that bit where the word is joke and it says, oh, make somebody laugh by surprising them or something. And he goes and dresses up, puts a colander on his head and runs in and shouts boo at his goldfish. And he's just so adorable in that moment. I just wanted to give him the biggest hug. Yeah. You know, he's just he's because he's so sweet natured. And yeah, it's incredible. You know, it? Yeah, it's such yeah, a I'm so wonderful and not, not feeling sorry for himself. You never get the I mean, you, you know, like you get the point where he, he sort of realizes how lonely he is and stuff but he never sort of feels sorry for himself in a in an unpleasant way you know how yeah. some people just get all grumpy Woe is and me. yeah yeah like who was who was that who was that irish guy on coronation street about 40 years ago who ended up like in a wheelchair and he was just really horrible to his wife you know that that's, that's <laughs> look at you with the coronation street references <laughs> <laughs> a long while ago yeah but you know things like that some you you always see that don't you, you see an example of like two people maybe who've lost the use of their legs and one ends up being a wonderful positive role model for paralympians or whatever and the other one just hates the world and hates just everything because spits he's had, at people at bus stops yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah. yeah you can go one of two ways can't you and this guy you know isn't sitting there furious at, at the world for you know his lot he's he's sweet and good-natured and loves his goldfish and like that bit where he fishes a leaf out of the sea and he's so excited yeah that he's got a new leaf for his collection he goes shows the leaf to his goldfish and he's like look what i found and he's absolutely delighted yeah it's just a simple so... life hey mate that's the thing exactly it's, we you and i are both surrounded by big piles of dirty paper yeah. Yes. Yeah, but just a leaf makes him happy. Yeah, I get yeah. wound up by you know if Excalibur isn't going the right way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Chabute, Christophe Chabute. Um, okay. He was born in, on the eighth of February, nineteen sixty-seven. Attended fine arts uh, courses in Angoulême and Strasbourg. Nineteen ninety-three, his first publicised work came from Les Recits, a collection about Arthur Rimbaud. Uh, he was award. He's um, winning awards Angoulême in the nineties. But we don't know him from there. We don't know him much here at all. There's very little English language stuff about him. If you look him up, it's not an easy one. There's a lot of a lot of videos of people reviewing his books. Um, he um, 
this was selected in 2008 and was officially selected on Glem in 2009. Sorry, um, in 2012, the park bench came out from Vont's Dost, which I think is an imprint of Dargard, I think. Um, okay. And in 2014, was made into a 45-minute silent black and white film, um, the park bench. We're going to talk about that briefly in a minute. Um, yeah. The direct translation of the book in French of um, the park bench is A Little Wood and Steel. There you go, that's what it's called. Um, okay. And then he did. He had yeah, his other big fav- famous one is um, he did a book on Moby Dick, which I haven't read yet, but I must order. Um, and I noticed that a page of that just sold for uh, twelve and a half thousand euros. So he's not. Was it Jason Wood? May have been, mine it? Yeah, could well have been. Yeah, I think he has reviewed that actually. Yeah, yeah. It's well, uh, loves Moby Dick. It's his favourite, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So um, we're going to briefly touch on the park bench. <clears throat> did you want to give a little, just a little summary of what it's about, mate? Um, there's another one you could sum up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, okay, there's a park bench and people walk past it in one direction and then they walk past it in another direction and they skateboard over it and they sit on it and they share a slice of cake with their with their um, their partner. And yeah, it's, it's basically the story of this park bench and all the different people like a tramp who sleeps on it and so on yeah. um, and how their stories develop over time and intertwine to an extent um but yeah you never you it's wordless never see, isn't it so it's, uh, yeah, it's another silent one else. you never see another sort of point of view really you see the bench from the front the back and the side but you're always looking at the bench you never sort of go go away from it yeah yeah um apart and, from uh, at the yes. end when it gets taken off somewhere yeah. else but yeah, yeah it's uh it's a nice little story that i think you're right i think this is different in that this could easily be a little concept from maybe a small press book or Something like that, couldn't yeah. you? And I could see some of the small press outfits in the UK putting out a book like this, and it's just being a nice thing to read. It's uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not as unique it's as not. the yeah. as, as the other one. Um, and I found, I found it a little bit predictable. Like I guessed, I I I sort of challenged myself with guessing how various characters' stories would wrap up. Right. And I got yeah. them almost all right. Okay. Uh, but. It's again beautifully drawn. Obviously, it, it's again uh, sort of heartwarming, like nicely, nice natured. Again, you know, yeah. there's, it, it sort of makes you uh, makes makes you feel sort of like warm inside. It didn't make long me cry. Three hundred odd pages again, it's isn't it? Long one. Yeah. yeah. And there's and there's his equivalent in this to the seagull flying around for thirty pages is like sort of endless sort of. Uh, panels where you basically just see somebody walk past the bench yeah. and not interact with it or even you know look towards the reader or the, anything. The, the high point for me in it is like yeah the high point for me in it is the way he captures personality in character yes. i think yeah. he does he does have a grasp of um different people's shapes faces and that sort of thing and you really can um interpret what kind of person they are by the way they look and i think Definitely. There's a real personality to everyone, isn't there? Yeah. And there are some characters that age um, quite a lot during the the story, but you can tell that it's them. Yeah. Yeah, You can. Yeah, which is a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he he doesn't have that face creep problem that some people have, where you're not sure if it's the same person. Yeah. Oh god, there's nothing worse than that, you know. Yeah, that's one of my things. Yeah. Or where two people look the same. Yes. Not sure which, which one it is. Yeah. 
Good. I'd recommend them both. If you're going to get any of them, get a loan. I think that's the, is genuinely the masterpiece. I'll be very interested to see what the um, Moby Dick is like. I might I might order it tonight, actually, to see what it's like. But, uh, yeah, very good. On to you, Miss um, Harris. Um, as we all know, you are currently my boss. Um, yes. And you've just okayed one of my stories today, which is one of the story I did with Daryl as well, which I'm very excited about. I have, yeah. yeah. We've gone proper underground with that, haven't we? Yes, yeah, I I, uh, I I like the underground comics vibe of of your story with Daryl. <laughs> you love Daryl's art as well. He's and he's, he he. I wrote him that script, you know, on Tuesday afternoon. I know he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah, he he messaged me for the like exact sort of specs for the page. Yeah, and then the very next day, so yesterday, you sent me his like almost finished artwork, and I'm like, he he only. He said, and after I sent him the specs for the page, he said, oh, great, I can start my pencils now. Yep. And then the next day you sent me it pretty much done. I've, and I think I've sent it to you today is that's the job done. Completely yeah, done. We, we, yeah, we're job done on that one. Yeah, that's good. How is it going elsewhere on the, in the anthology? You got any other, other little uh, tidbits you could give us? Or Well, you didn't win the prize for first completed artwork to me because the day before your one, um, Pete Dory sent his stuff over. Oh, so nice. Oh, good. He gets first past the finish line, right? Um, prize, so he gets a medal. Good. Uh, you, but you get runner up. Yeah. Okay, that's fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's two like completed pieces of uh, stories that I've now received. Um, there are plenty of others in various stages of uh, of completion. But everyone will know Pete uh, from here because we've done a couple. We did the Vaughan Bode and we did the Kill Raven episode together, and he's promising to come back to do another one. So, yeah. So that's yes. good. Good. Um, you were going to say, mate? Sorry, I interrupted. Um, oh, that was that. That was it, really. Like it's slowed down a bit. I'm not getting many um, sort of initial inquiries now. You know, most people are now at some point through production. Yeah, I'd good. say. Well, that's um, good to know, actually, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't need you know lots of new ones. Assuming that the people who have said they're doing something actually deliver, because I've I've more than filled the initial you know yeah. the initial. It's age a gamble, that, isn't it? I think, but I think with comics yeah. being comics. Some people won't finish in time. Let's face it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've got a little bit of, of of room for a few to not come through, as long as everybody doesn't. Yeah. Like <laughs> on. You're a, you're a hard boss. You've been very reasonable <laughs> with me, but uh, you don't take any shit. Is that right? Is that is that what it says on your badge? I wouldn't. I I I've surprised myself in a bit because I am sort of one of these people that desperately wants everybody to like me. So I'm normally like, you know, quite meek and mild <laughs> i've sort of surprised myself that i have been able to you know feedback constructive criticism i've, I've never been mean to anybody but there have been sort of some suggestions and submissions come through that i thought needed a bit of tweaking or i wasn't sure would work and so on and yeah. i've i've tried to you had just a lot be... early on didn't you it's fair to right. say that you were yeah. just other projects really were you know oh we could send you this and you were quite strong for saying no this needs to be new you know i'd like I'd rather this was new rather you know you went away and worked on something for us you know not just something that's been rejected by 45 other people you know i mean i didn't say it in as many words but there yeah. was also there were a couple of scripts that came through that were very much um sort of you know aimed at children and i'm quite happy for something to be properly all ages in as much as a kid could read it but an adult would still yeah, get something out of it and enjoy yeah. it whereas some stuff for children 
wouldn't be that interesting to adults. And I had a couple through like that that I had to push back on because I know there's going to be stuff in this book that you definitely wouldn't want to let your really? child see. Really? I've not heard that, like actually. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that was the um, case. And, and so if there's a, a story in there that is only really of interest to children, you couldn't give them the book to read because they might turn the page and see something that they probably wouldn't want to see. Um, but the adults reading it wouldn't get much out yeah, of exactly. it. So I've yeah. pushed back on a few things that just probably won't fit. I don't need everything to be rude and rude and nasty, you know, but but it's got to be something that an adult will enjoy reading. Yeah, it's got to be... Know, complicated or multi-layered or you know something that yeah we will find interesting rather than just a unicorn running around or something or a rabbit eating eggs or something you know whatever it's going to be i don't understand how the kids think these days but there you go um (laughs) the kids today but no (laughs) but but there's lots of really varied stuff coming in it's definitely going to be a very mixed bag but i think i think it'll work it's going to be going to be a buffet buffet (laughs) so what's the uh deadline for it um, final artwork by the 1st of June, I believe, which is scaring me because you know how slow I am and I've got an idea of a two-page story that I want to do. Um, but if I'm going to do that, I need to get the skates on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I can't wait to see. Are you writing that yourself? Yeah. Ooh. I know. And the, the weird thing is, I don't know who to send it to to say whether or not it can go in because... I can't send it to me. I'll have to send it to you. Okay, send it to me and Cliff. Yeah, so I've I've got the idea, but I need to kind of um, script it out, like you know, thumbnail it out, yeah. and then I'll run it past you and see what you think. Okay, yeah. Well, obviously, we've all you, me, and Cliff have all co-created a story through a ridiculous Twitter conversation we once had. Not Twitter, WhatsApp yeah. conversation. WhatsApp, yeah. That's... And Cliff's already made a start on that, and it's looking fantastic. It does look good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I love the reference you used in one of the pictures. What, Jane? Watch. <laughs> Are we going to send it to her, do you think? Oh, I think you have to. I think it'd be I nice. Think I think she would. I, mean, it's, yeah. I think it's, it's flattering. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, good. That's agreed. Verbally agreement on uh, on this podcast. So that's fine. Mate. You should get her here. She could oh, go through a book. She'd be good, wouldn't she? She wouldn't understand. I watched that one where she went to Hobbit's Town, or whatever it is, in Lord of the Rings. And she didn't, they yeah. clearly had no clue what it was. <laughs> and just kept asking where the pub was, which made me laugh. And then she, she said, was... my mouth's drier than a hobbit's flip-flop. <laughs> and she, which clearly again showed she had no clue of what a hobbit was. Um, but yeah, genius. <laughs> Good. Um, thank you, mate. That's absolutely brilliant. And you're always full of insight. And uh, yeah, that's a lovely conversation and a great book. Um, I shall be bothering you again because I like having you on here. It's very good. Um, so I'll be bothering you again for your choice next time. Oh, okay, okay. I I quite like you sort of throwing throwing curveballs at me. Challenges. All right. Well, let's do. Let's call it Challenge Harris, and that can okay. be the little uh, the episode. We'll call it Challenge Harris, um, and you can jump out of a in a onesie and jump out of a helicopter. Whatever it is that woman used to do. Oh, like Annika, Annika Rice. That's right. Yeah. Well, you've you've now compared me to Karen Berger and Annika Rice in the same See, episode, and they're trying to get you back. Two wonderful role models. <laughs> I'm, I'm delighted. Where can people find uh, you online? Um, okay, I am on Twitter at at implausible seventeen, the number, and I'm on Instagram very occasionally at the lost dogs art, or one word, no punctuation. Very good.
and we shall continue speaking but i'll press stop now thanks mate (laughs) 